Radhe Radhe. On behalf of JK Yog, we would like to welcome you all to International Gita Festival 2022. The International Gita Festival is a virtual event organized by JK Yog under the Har Ghar Gita campaign by conducting varieties of contests for all age groups to participate in this wonderful event. You may all register for this contest on our website at www.jkyog.org slash Gita Festival. The primary focus of the Hargar Gita campaign is to spread the message of the Bhagavad Gita to every home around the globe, thereby helping them to lead a purposeful life. We welcome all our viewers to participate in this campaign by pledging or donating any number of our Gita books towards this noble cause. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Mr. Madhu Reddiji, for generously supporting us and offering a matching contribution towards our Hargar Gita campaign. The Bhagavad Gita is the sacred scripture containing invaluable sermon of Lord Krishna preferred to Arjuna in the battle of Mahabharata. Throughout the centuries, India's greatest philosophers and spiritualists have praised this immortal nectar of the Bhagavad Gita as the essence of eternal Vedic wisdom. To share my own experience, after reading Swamiji's commentary on the Gita, where every shlok is so beautifully explained with practical examples, has definitely made me a better, a more calmer person. Starting with the introduction page, Swamiji has so beautifully explained the true meaning of surrender or sharanagati, the concept of ascending and descending order, practiced in ancient times has made me realize what a great culture and tradition I belong to. Heartfelt gratitude to Swamiji for bringing this book to all of us. It's indeed a true gift to mankind. Today, we are delighted to introduce you all to a wonderful conversation between Swami Mukundananji and Shweta Rohira. In this conversation, Swamiji will be sharing his insights into how the younger generation can actively apply the teachings of the Gita in their busy lifestyle. Swami Mukundananda is a world-renowned spiritual teacher from India. He is the founder of the yogic system called Jagadguru Kripaluji Yog, widely known as JK Yog. Swamiji is a unique sannyasi who has a distinguished technical and management background from a highly acclaimed Indian institutions like IIT and IIM, which complements his profound spiritual knowledge. Swamiji has dedicated his time in serving people around the world, inspiring them to lead healthier, happier, and more fulfilling lives. Despite his hectic schedule, he has authored several books such as The Art of Mind Management, Seven Mindsets for Success, Happiness, and Fulfillment, The Science of Mind Management, and the Bhagavad Gita, The Song of God, to name a few, which were listed among the bestsellers. Swamiji's lectures are humorous. His arguments are logical and well laid out, 
and most of all, his advice is very practical. His lectures are much sought after and include various topics such as art of mind management, good health through yoga, meditation and spirituality, developing our relationship with God, Bhagavad Gita for everyday living, and Patanjali Yoga Sutras, just to name a few. His august presence radiates love for the divine and for all souls who approach him for guidance. I feel honored to welcome him to our International Gita Festival 2022. Shweta Rohira is an artist, actor, influencer, and writer. Amongst her many art and film projects, she hosts a segment on Instagram called Chitta Chatter, where she interviews and holds conversation with writers, filmmakers, actors, and thinkers about their work. She has built an audience of young viewers on the social media and is wonderfully able to engage with their perspective. There is a beautiful saying, the past is history, future a mystery, and today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. Today's conversation will take up the theme, living one day at a time. On that note, on behalf of the International Gita Festival, I would like to warmly welcome Swami Mukundananda Ji and Shweta Rohira. Radhe, Radhe. Thank you so much for this lovely introduction. And thank you, Swamiji, for having me here so that I could have a chit chat with you. And thank you once again for writing this book because this book has got uh, so much new um, verses and everything back in a renowned form for us, like I said, like a renovated form, so that we young adults can read it and we feel that, you know, let's get on this path now only. Let's not wait for a little longer time. So thank you once again for writing this book. Oh, uh, Shweta, the pleasure is all mine. So happy to join you on this program. And I'm delighted to hear the response of the youth uh, towards this commentary of the Bhagavad Gita. So Swamiji, how can this book help one practice the mantra of living one day at a time? One day at a time. We are always living for goals and goals are in the future. While life is passing by in the present. So if our whole endeavor is to have a wonderful goal, but the journey is boring and dry, then imagine how much of a labor life becomes. So the way to live life is not for the future. It's not the destination which is as important as the journey itself. So in order to make the journey pleasant, it is always best to focus on the present moment. The future, when it is lived, will be in the present. And the past, when it was existing, was also in the present. So the real thing in our hands is the present moment. Unfortunately, we dissipate our relish of it, either by lamenting about the past or by worries about the future 
our tension about the present. So if we can release those worries, release those fears and the present apprehensions, we will start enjoying our life from day to day. Wow, Swamiji, thank you for this lovely thought. Also, I would like to ask you, how can children and young adults develop a habit of reading Bhagavad Gita and make it a habit, a part of their daily life? Yes, Shweta, all of us need wisdom to truly live life to our highest potential. There are situations where we need to make decisions, ethical decisions, moral decisions. In this situation, what is the alternative I must choose? What should be my priorities in this complicated circumstance? What should I define as the purpose of my life? So the need for divine wisdom is tremendous. Once we decide that it is important for, for me, then we can inculcate it in our daily schedule. The benefit of it is that it's like illumining the intellect. Every day we bathe ourselves, every day we feed our body, realizing its necessity. But we don't realize that the intellect also needs to be bathed. And the most wonderful way to bathe it is the Bhagavad Gita. I am reminded of a statement by Henry David Thoreau, who was the Age of Enlightenment philosopher from America, the 18th century. He said, I daily bathe my intellect in the timeless wisdom of the Bhagavad Gita. It is as if an empire speaks to me. So coming to your question, there are two ways to do it. The first is that we could just systematically go from the first verse to the second, to the third, to the fourth. Naturally, that would take us to greater depths of it. However, if we wish to be casual readers, that is also fine. An ocean of nectar is sweet no matter where you taste it. So I know many people who just open the Gita every day. What is the verse for me today? And that one verse provides them with the wisdom for the day. They feel refreshed, rejuvenated, and invigorated. So we can try out both of these and see which works best for us. Like you said, it's an ocean of nectar. So whatever works, make it work. But make it work for you. Develop a habit. You've given them two options. And uh, yes. yeah, what better than starting a day with seeing what is the worst that works best for me? Because nothing like a good morning. And if your morning is set, the day is automatically set. That's right. So in today's time, Swamiji, with COVID and its variants, there are so many uncertainties around. And you know, any particular verse or yoga that one can read to remain calm, you know, while they're facing these uncertainties today? Yes, Shweta, actually all of us feel comfortable and happy 
when we perceive that our life is in our own control when we are able to control the circumstances our relationships the parameters of our profession of our health and when the perception comes that control is not in my hands that is when stress starts developing so unfortunately most of life is not in our control nobody desired the pandemic to come but we are victims of it we did not want the second wave to come and then the third wave and we realize that it's not within our hands so the way to handle the situation is again to focus on doing our best in the present moment let me give you an example a deer was expecting on the verge of delivery it found a good spot in the forest by the side of a stream where it felt it could peacefully deliver its baby however dark and ominous clouds had gathered in the sky and it was quite apparent there's going to be a heavy downpour and in the meantime the deer spotted a hunter who is lifting up its bow to take aim at it and on the other side directly opposite it heard the roar of a lion now these are the natural enemies of the deer and the side opposite the stream the deer smelled smoke a forest fire was advancing forward so this poor deer it needs to deliver its little baby and it's surrounded by enemies on all sides over which it has no control my god what a situation of panic so the deer decided the only thing that is in my hands is to do my work it peacefully sat down allowed the baby to emerge and in the meantime a miracle took place there was lightning and thunder in the sky because of which the hunter he lost his concentration and released the arrow off target so the arrow missed the deer and went and killed the lion and the fire had advanced pretty close but the rain started pouring down from the heavens and it extinguished the fire so the deer was safe likewise when we are faced with so many uncertainties rather than feel overwhelmed it's always best to see what is in my hands and truly shweta the one thing that always remains in our hands is our own mind no matter what the circumstances the choice what will i think is is available to us so if we can just focus on living our best right now so the one verse out here shri krishna tells arjun yogina karma kurvanti sangam tyaktva atma shuddhe he says arjun 
a yogi is not necessarily one who can do mayurasana or chakrasana or shivasana that's all very well a true yogi is one who is able to do work even though the work may be extremely complicated like maybe even administering a kingdom like the kings of ancient days and yet keep the mind in yoga which means hold the mind in a harmonious productive and joyful state so that is the yoga when we can do it along with karma it becomes karma yoga that's a beautiful way to live our life alongside with karma keep the mind in yoga wow i am speechless because such a beautiful thing you explained so well like you know it's already imbibed and even the miraculous story that you shared of the deer it just shows that when we have faith and we just be there in the moment how the universe works for us so thank you once again swami ji for the for giving this intellectual bath to everyone who can you know like uh, i'm just speechless like i really don't know what to say <laughs> well you know shweta you you used a very powerful word if you have faith that the universe is not our enemy but it's our friend if we are able to have that faith then we leave so many things to the universe and focus on what's in our hands too i came across this beautiful technique of rupdhyan meditation in your book it was quite intriguing can you please elaborate on that oh yes the principle behind rupdhyan is the subconscious mind so we are all aware of the conscious portion of our mind i am happy i am sad i am inspired i am dejected these moods happen in within our awareness but what we don't realize is that there is a subconscious aspect of our mind of which we are not even aware this consists of the innumerable images feelings experiences that we imbibed from the time we were born till today that subconscious you get an experience of it in the dream state because when we go to sleep the conscious mind is now resting and yet we see dreams happy ones sad ones crazy ones impossible ones i'm flying in the air etc what is all this happening the intellect is sleeping in that dream state but the mind is just regurgitating the images within itself but that subconscious is a very important aspect of our personality like let us say that one uh, girl got stuck in an elevator when she was 3 years old all by herself so until the electricity came back for 15 minutes she was there the most harrowing experience of her little life and finally she when she walked to her freedom after a few days consciously she forgot about it but that experience remained in the subconscious 
and she has a fear called uh, claustrophobia wherever she finds herself in an enclosed space the mind freaks out and she also can't figure out why it is responding like this so that subconscious can be our best friend or our worst enemy it doesn't use logic it is the way we program it and the way to program it is by using the gates of the conscious mind so if i repeatedly tell myself i am no good i can never succeed i am always a failure the subconscious says the boss has informed us that he, he can never succeed whenever there's an effort the subconscious will sabotage it you know what we can never succeed in this case it is working as an enemy on the other hand if we use good powerful self talk we can program it as our friend and uh, henry ford the creator of the motor car he expressed it so well when he said if you believe you can succeed or if you believe you cannot in either case you are right because <laughs> <laughs> the subconscious believes you can succeed you will just keep crossing one obstacle after the other until success is accomplished so uh, coming to this roop dhyan technique of meditation which you asked about this utilizes the power of visualization as they say in english that an image is worth a thousand words so our subconscious responds tremendously to images if i tell you okay shweta remember your father what is the first thing you'll do you'll bring your father's image to your mind that's the way we think so in roop dhyan meditation this technique what we do is that we all wish to meditate and when we sit down in meditation the common experience is that the mind runs around and some people say that swami ji such kinds of thoughts were coming which were not coming throughout the day the problem is that we are just trying to keep the mind empty instead of that plant a beautiful image in the mind so what's the most beautiful thing whichever form of the divine you worship you know everybody worships different forms of the divine so bring the image of that and hold it within and you see the subconscious will respond with love with purity with nobility and slowly we'll have a purified inner self wow it sounds easy but i'm sure a lot of effort will go into practice because the moment one tries to visualize the subconscious mind how it's been trained earlier and how we have to train now it's going to be an effort but a effort worth taking yes shweta i i fully agree with your with uh, your observation it will be an effort but it is far easier than other forms of meditation because it's tapping into our natural propensity to visualize to connect with images
you know what is the role of effort in each moment like you know we can stay in the present but how do we utilize it to the fullest yes like we discussed the present moment is the moment in which life unfolds so the best way to take care of the future is to take care of the present moment now surgeons they realize because their work is so intricate that if they are focused on results then their effort will get messed up and that is why they need to release the results and just apply themselves to the efforts so if we what is the effort in the present moment to apply yourself to what is in your hands and what is in our hands to put in the very best that we can now that we are already doing but what we are missing out on is the intention so we put in the efforts and the intention gets missed out you know there is that uh, story about three masons who were working on a building one was asked what are you doing he said i'm working for 400 rupees a day second was asked what are you doing he said you know i'm making this building the third was asked he said can't you see what a beautiful monument it is and i am blessed to have this opportunity so they were all doing the same work but the intention was different now what we need to do is to focus on that intention why am i doing it and then we can convert every work as an act of love of an offering to the divine and that way when the intention is pure the work becomes auspicious and it results in self growth as well i think i'm going to do this every time now i work and if there is a hurdle or i feel low i'm going to just calm down and think what is the intention because like this fable it's so well said that if the intention is pure the motivation just comes to work for it that's very right shweta you see uh spirituality is all about intention now consider the setting of the bhagavad gita arjun was a warrior before he got this knowledge and after he received the knowledge he was still a warrior he was doing the same things what was the transformation that took place it was not in the circumstances it was not in his profession it was all in his intention earlier on the intention was selfish it is i'm to fight this war for the sake of my glory and for becoming a king myself and then shri krishna illumined him that no arjun you do your work as an offering to the divine this this is necessary for the sake of establishment of righteousness just do your work with that pure intention so here's a beautiful verse from the gita yat karoshi adashtasi yajjuh sidadasi yat 
Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever austerities you perform, whatever you give away in charity, do it all from your center of love in an act of service. Wow, thank you for quoting the verse. Um, it just adds to the whole um, intention and understanding that we are trying to understand. Obviously, the ocean is vast. It's going to take a while for us to swim and learn. But thank you once again for getting us on this path. And since, you know, we were uh, talking right now that Bhagavad Gita is the narration of Krishnaji uh, by his teachings to Arjuna. This is actually back then. It's like, I can't even say eons, decades. It's like a different universal time. But it is a teaching that has been going on since then. And it is um, something that works for everybody. Every age, every adult, um, every individual. And at every time, it could be in your business. You can, you know, incorporate these teachings. It could be in your personal life, in your spiritual life. How is this book so magical, Swamiji? Yes, uh, Shweta, you have made a very wonderful observation on the Bhagavad Gita that this knowledge was delivered 5,000 years ago. That's 5 millennia ago. And yet it is relevant till today. People say Bhagavad Gita for leaders and Bhagavad Gita for managers and Bhagavad Gita for entrepreneurs. It just continues. It's magic. Well, the knowledge there, wisdom, is profound. So there's one kind of knowledge that strikes at the root of a problem and provides us with the solution to it. It could be a mechanical problem. It could be a medical problem. And here is the wisdom that comes to solve it. And there is another kind of knowledge which strikes at the root of all problems. And that aims to eliminate the ignorance that is enveloping the soul itself. So that is the kind of knowledge which Sri Krishna is giving to Arjun. However, the knowledge needs a setting for us to realize its practical significance. The setting here is the battle of Mahabharat. It is such a war that is going to engulf the whole of India of that time because there were two warring cousins who were so influential that all the kings would be obliged to align with one or the other camps. In that extremely uh, stressful situation, Sri Krishna provides, Arjun approaches Sri Krishna with an ethical dilemma that he has. Not only does Sri Krishna resolve Arjun's dilemma, but he uses it to illumine Arjun about the whole absolute truth. He makes it a window through which he teaches Arjun the truth about life. So the situation was specific. 
but the knowledge that was given is eternal and that is why we realize that it's magic just continues on and on and on it does it's on and on and on and right now i'm definitely on and on with the commentary by you so swamiji my last question the present is a present is a famous saying that is so wonderfully emphasized in the bhagavad gita as well can you kindly elaborate on how can we make it a part of our present life the bhagavad gita yes how can how can we make the bhagavad gita a part the of our present the present is a present uh, is a famous saying that is so wonderfully emphasized in the bhagavad gita as well so can yes. you elaborate on how we can make it a part of it in our present lifestyle oh i see okay so what you are saying is that the present is the is the biggest gift that we have right okay yes 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 see we are so caught up in this rush of life that we forget to enjoy the biggest gift which is the present moment now 30 40 years ago when i was in college in those days if you wanted good information you had to go to the college library and then you had to request them for books and somebody else had taken the book etc but today's youth has the knowledge of a million libraries available to them on their smartphone so there is so much of information that is competing for our attention we have got different forms of social media and the consequence is that our mind goes into an overstimulated mode where we relish one tidbit and move on to the next and move on to the next so that overstimulated mode of the mind and the brain becomes a disease where it is unable to relish the present moment if we can just learn to relax that mental state and then we will see the beauty of the present moment when you breathe in think about the trillions of molecules that are flowing in which were released by the plants and trees from the seven oceans and the seven continents and as we breathe by the process of metabolic reactions they are going to become a part of us so that is the the miracle that is unfolding now when we are speaking we could just relish this more my god how is this happening shweta is in one part of the country and swamiji is in another part what is this technology that is enabling this to happen so there is so much of wonder all around us it requires a little stilling of the mind and the development of that art of relishing so when we start relishing the present moment becomes a joy and that is the best present best gift we can give to ourselves 
Well, Swami ji, thank you for your lovely time and for this lovely uh, question answer round that we've had. That's the best present I could get today morning. So thank you so much. And um, there is so much to learn from you. So looking forward to reading more of the Bhagavad Gita that you've written, the commentary by you, and also looking forward to many more such sessions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shweta. It has been a pleasure talking to you about these aspects of the Gita. It was a delightful conversation. Enjoyed it very much.